Welcome aboard. Great to have your company. It's uh, 20, uh, what is it, 27 minutes away from uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, if you want to have a chat, whatever's on your mind, 8223 But first, let's have a bit of a look at uh, the, the road toll. And this year, it just seems to be out of control so far, doesn't it? It stands at 69 compared to 53 for the same time last year. That follows the death of a 22-year-old man at Angle Vale on Saturday night. Now, while it's a major concern, the police are doing all they can to stop the carnage. The work behind the scenes continues and uh, I'm happy to say that it is having some success in some areas. For example, eight years ago, about 20 young people were dying on our roads each year and about 900 16 to 19-year-olds were actually seriously injured. Now the deaths are down to five and the injuries are down to 600. So, you know, eight years ago, 20 young people dead. Now... It's down to five per year. So it seems the message is getting through, particularly to our younger drivers. So why the turnaround? Well, it has to do a, a lot to do with the Road Awareness Programme, or RAP, as it's called, which is run by the MFS. Joining me now to discuss its success is uh, MFS Station Manager and RAP Coordinator Rob Campbell. Hello, Rob. Alan, how are you going? Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we've also got uh, one of the guest speakers at uh, these uh, these seminars that are held around the place and and a crash survivor himself, Kim Inglis. G'day, Kim. G'day, Alan. How are you? Thanks for coming in. And also uh, the manager uh, of, of uh, MAC, uh, the uh, Motor Accident Commission, uh, Matthew Hanton. How are you, Matthew? Yeah, good, thanks, Alan. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming in, gents. Um, it, it's good to, to have uh, um, some good news to talk about uh, as far as the success of some of these. Uh, these programs. Rod, do you want to just explain to us what um, the the RAP is, just just in, in simple terms? Yeah, it's an MFS initiative where we speak mainly to year or to year 11s or 16 to 19 year old uh, young people in secondary schools around South Australia. And uh, as you alluded to with the statistics, back in 2011, we used to get to about 40% of the year 11 population. We got a second presenter, thanks to the state government, and some great sponsorships as well to enable us to get to about 85% of the year 11 um uh, population, mm -hmm. if you like. And, yeah, we've just seen a dramatic reduction uh, in deaths. And it's not all about deaths, as Matt will go into. It's about reducing crashes uh, so that families aren't suffering the way that they have in the past. Uh, but it's not just us, Alan. It's anyone who's working in that road safety education space. What mm -hmm. we say to the young children, uh, in particular the 16- to 19-year-olds that we present to, uh, we'll talk to them about the reduction in the road toll and how it's quite significant from that 20 that you suggested down to about five on average per year over the last seven years. Uh, but we think it's because of the students. It's not because of our program. It's because we've got the best 16 to 19-year-old young people that want to own road safety, and we congratulate everyone who's working in that road safety space on the job that they're doing, including the Motor Accident Commission and mm. RAA and um, people like that that are supporting the programs, and it gives us a chance. But if our young people don't want to own it, and that's our opportunity as firefighters to give a program, it goes for uh, about 100 minutes. Uh, the key of it is a crash survivor. We have Kim in here today and he may share his story a little bit later. But they, they bring the reality back to the young people. You know, they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. They get their licence and it's yes, right. um, mm. their opportunity to get the freedom that they want. Mm. What we want them to do is really understand, because they don't at that young age, uh, understand what's ahead of them. So we just tell them the truth of what we see on the roads as... Uh, the service that attends crashes and responsible for rescue at those crashes as firefighters and we spell it out pretty clearly 
Uh, there's no holds barred, if you like. And uh, they, they really get the message, and we find that they're grateful for it. But what we want to do is actually empower them. We don't tell them what to do. We want to empower them to want to be the best they can be on the roads. Look, I, I, I can speak from experience. I've got two teenage kids. They've both been uh, through the program, and they've both walked out with all of their mates with their uh, mouth wide open and their eyes wide open too, saying, holy moly, what have we just witnessed? So it does have a cut through, uh, which is a, a great um, uh, compliment to you. Uh, is it a case of um, uh, do you have to draw a line and say, no, we can't go beyond that? Or, or are you there to actually, you know, shake them by the shoulders and, and, and shock them into life? We're not there to shock them at all. Uh, we're there to just show them the reality. And I think the way that we deliver the message is simply that. So we're not there to show shocking videos. We're there to show them the reality of what's happening on a daily basis. Where we differ from other presentations too is that we talk a lot about passengers and pedestrians, so not just drivers. And there's a level of responsibility. And we talk about looking after our mates and in a selfless manner. So we want to talk to them about, you know, do you want to make selfish choices mm. uh, where you get to choose the risk but you don't get to choose the consequence? Or you can make a selfless choice where you actually genuinely want to look after your mates. And we'll pose the question at the start of the program pretty close to, do you reckon as Aussies we look after our mates? And they all say, yeah. I say, well, really? You know, well, here's the stats on it. You know, we're losing mm. people at the rate of four a day. Four of our mates die a day, 4,800 crashes, 540 serious injuries. We're not, you know, we talk the talk, but it's actions that we want. So we want to try and get them into action and certainly in situations where they need to talk up. I just brought a, a quote with me from a student at the end of a presentation just recently. It was a 15-year-old Ronella East student, and he said, uh, what people see is a weakness you show us makes us stronger than ever. Good luck and don't stop saving lives. Mm. So we want to empower young people to understand it's okay, it's the right thing to do to speak up if someone's speeding, if they're, if they're driving under the influence, if they're using their phone, any of these risks that we take and the consequences we can't control. Or as a pedestrian, if someone's crossing the road with their headphones in, certainly grab hold of them and say, hey, mate, take your headphones out so you can concentrate when you cross the road. Like our, our pedestrian road toll this year is uh, up again. It's more than double what it was for the same time last year. And those areas we want to get hold of, we want the young people to take responsibility and they can reinforce these new behaviours. So we're looking for an attitudinal change. We get the privilege of 100 minutes with students once in their school life. Mm. But the things that we're recommending, if they can make those changes and they commit to it in writing, if they can make those changes, you know, within 21 days they become their habits and we think that's how the young people are really bringing down the road toll, certainly in their age group in SA. And it's really interesting that it is so successful, su successful isn't it? Because this age group, let's face it, um, you know, you think, cast your mind back when you were that uh, that old. Um, you're A, infallible, but you're also pretty inexperienced when it comes to, you know, road conditions and driving and so forth, particularly at speed. But you, that doesn't didn't slow us down, did it, back in our day? No. But you're having a cut through more so than probably if, if uh, you know, cast your mind back to when we were that age. I think the other aspect too is uh, we as presenters, and we've got seven presenters, and Brad Ryan's another co-coordinator. We share a lot of the a lot of the work but we let them know that we think the reason that young people are risk takers on the road is because of us because of our generation you know we didn't have any significant road safety education back in our day and we probably aren't the best role models and when we present to parents we certainly make that clear as well that we haven't been the best role models in the past and we need to if we care about our kids and once you have kids clearly the penny drops that mm. you need to start behaving yourself but mm. i think our young people and we're starting to see a, a slowly a decline 
uh, in deaths on our road in in adults, and we're hoping that the message is being filtered through uh, through their kids who are seeing these presentations and are really starting to speak up again. Actions, yeah, and having the strength to speak up and and say something when mum and dad are doing the wrong thing as well. And we should point out too. I mean, we're having a horrific uh, and a horrific uh, road toll so far this year, but the trend, the overall trend, is is heading in the right direction, which is uh, you know where to be congratulated for. Yeah, well, the reality is last year we had the lowest road toll in mm. SA that we've ever had, mm. quite significantly, and in the first five months of this year we were tracking to be even lower and the last three months has been really horrific and I'm sure Matt will touch on that and the reasons behind that when when he Mm. has a chat but you know we need to remember that the young people are doing a great job and certainly uh, the adult uh, age group needs to needs to improve and set a a much better example for our young people. And just on a personal level Rod uh, you're you're an MFS officer you're a station officer Uh, you're obviously really committed to this area what's the worst thing you've seen? Oh well, there's there's numerous, uh, Alan, that I, that I think about. But generally, the ones where you know you see fatalities. I remember one incident I went to where uh, a mother was fighting for her life, and I was actually um, cradling her baby that I had to take out of the baby seat in the back of the car, uh, not that far from here actually. And I'm cradling the baby while Mum fights for her life. I mean, mm. anything that involves kids stays with you. The first fatality I ever went to was uh, I was a 25 year old fiery first crash I went to, and it was a young girl the same age as my sister. And I, when I went to cut her out, I could I could still smell her perfume i could uh i could see the rings on her fingers exactly as my my sister would be wearing at the same time and it just it just cuts to the core and it's really difficult for us you know there is a lot of post-traumatic stress that affects a lot of emergency service workers all over australia all over the world i'm sure and um yeah it's difficult to deal with uh you know we like to think we're tough but we're not we're just human but we are we like to think also that we're selfless and we want to give of ourselves to make a difference in the community Mm. and that's how we want to you know behave and so we do our best we become certainly uh task oriented at the incident but after that it can come back to haunt you a bit some of the things that we see you're human like us all yeah absolutely but it's a a big ask to expect you guys to you know do to to attend incidents like that you know time and time again i remember as a young cub reporter i like you um uh, took a a young baby out of the back seat of of a car and mum was dead in the front seat it was, and that's rocked me. That was thirty odd years ago. Yeah. I can still, th- I can still feel that absolute moment like it was yesterday. Yep. Yeah, it really does hit you. Um, Richard's called in from Modbury. G'day, Richard. Hi. How are you? Um, it's a great thing what you are doing with the schools and everything like that. You know, it's it, you know well worth it. I think in the long run because it's something where they'll learn for the rest of their life. But my question is, I see all this stuff come up about slow down, do this, do that, and everything else and all this education program, but there's very little education program on actually telling parents what vehicle to buy their children because a car which was, say, 10 or 15 years old compared to something which is only three or four years old, um, and I'm comparing something against a 15-year-old Commodore or Falcon or something compared to something like a four-year-old Toyota Corolla or even Hyundai and stuff like that, mm. the safety on that vehicle, not so much with the ABS brakes and the stability control and everything, but just actually in a crash, the difference is, in a Commodore, if you have an accident doing 80 kilometres an hour, you probably wouldn't walk out of it. Going back 15 years ago, if you walk, if you had an accident, that same accident in, in a later model vehicle with it, it, its better safety design, the chances are you're going to walk out of that accident. But we never see anything in the media about 
um, I, I, I suppose that aspect of it, it's always the aspect of slow down, do this, do that, you know, so like watch this, watch that and everything. But there's no education for the parents. Matthew uh, Hanson from uh, MAC, that's an interesting point, isn't it? We should be setting guidelines probably. They should have airbags. They should have, you know, ABS, etc., etc. There is a used car safety rating that exists. So there's websites out there that we sort of promote and encourage people to check out. So what we know is that over over the, it, South Australia has the second oldest uh, vehicle fleet in the country, and it takes some time for those safety features in new vehicles to come through. But what we know now is in most vehicle classes and at most price points, there are vehicles that offer safety protection. So it's it's becoming familiar with that. It's about making sure that when you are purchasing, it's looking at those those websites. So used car safety ratings, if that's what anyone checks into Google, you'll certainly see them them pop up. Uh, and it is. It's about getting the best car you can afford uh, to give the protection. But beyond that, it's also about making sure that if you are the parent and you're putting your kids out on a Saturday night and you've got your five-star car in the garage and if they've got a three-star car, why aren't you letting them take that? With Too often we see, oh, it's the good car, you can't take that, we need to mm. leave that one at home just in case you smash it. Well, that's what it's there for. It's there to protect them should something go wrong. So that's what insurance looks after. So it's about making sure that you put them in the best car you can. But if you can't and they don't have one, why put one in the leave one in the driveway each night when you put them out in something a little bit more dangerous? Really good advice. So we're talking about the Road Awareness Program, or RAP, uh, that uh, your school kids have probably uh, had an experience with. Just following on from what Matt said... Yeah. There, Alan and, and Richard's call, when we present in RAP to parent groups or to student groups, again, we talk about the responsibility as parents and culturally that's where we, the change and the shift needs to be. You know, as Matt said, you might have a, a five-star rated car, you know, a $50,000 car with the seven airbags and we generally, and I did the same with my first child, we put the kids into this $2,000 heap of crap. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's exactly. culturally that what we do, isn't yeah. it? You know, that's the norm and that's what my parents would have done to me. But we need, to, we need to break that cycle. You know, we need to get so much better at that and we need to be buying cars that protect our kids, particularly while they're still learning to drive. So it's another area of, of cultural change that we need. Certainly is. Uh, uh, give us a call, 8223 if you've got a view or if you've been through this uh, RAP uh, experience. Uh, it's a wonderful initiative and it's uh, certainly having cut-through effect. More after this. Welcome back. It's uh, 10 minutes away from 2 o'clock. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, we've got uh, some guests in the studio at the moment talking about a wonderful initiative uh, that if you've got, got teenage kids, they've probably been through this if they've been through Year 11. It's called the Road Awareness Program, or RAP. It's run by the MFS uh, with the support of uh, the Motor Accident Commission. We've got Rob Campbell, who's uh, one of the coordinators, and uh, also uh, Matthew Hanton uh, with uh, the MAC, the Motor Accident Commission, but also a, a special man who takes part and uh, has put his hand up to uh, share his story. It's uh, Kim Inglis uh, joins us. G'day, Kim. G'day, Alan. How are you? Thanks for coming in, mate. Look, um, can I get you to explain how you became involved this? Uh, it wasn't a pretty process you went through, uh, and our hearts will go out to you, mate. Do you want to share the story? Yeah, thank you. Um a number of years ago, I unfortunately lost my wife and two daughters in a uh, in a motor vehicle crash, and um, after a after a couple of years, you know, I felt that that what had happened to them, you know, um, for me personally, I needed something something positive to come out of of that whole tragic experience. So, so I sort of had a look at a number of different uh, road safety initiatives and and came across the RAP. Um, program and and met with with Rod and um, yeah just was was blown away 
by the presentation and the impact that it had on had on kids in particular mm. and and just felt that it was was something that I wanted to to get involved with to to share my story and and you know hopefully encourage people um, to to be better on the roads and and not have to go through uh, what I did I can't even begin to relate to what you went through mate this was 2010 so it it must be still pretty raw it wasn't that long ago lost you you, as you said you lost your wife and your two daughters Mm. um how is this part of the sort of the recovery process you're going through now uh, as far as coming to grips with what really happened yeah i think so it's um you know apart from the obviously the, the strong message that that it has it's you know it's it's talking about it but you know i think it's um it's you know it's more than that it's it's about you know turning a horrific horrible thing into into something where you know it can it can have some some positive uses by telling mm. my story mm. so you're a guest presenter at the rap uh, sessions so you, you you talk to the students you talk to the business groups and the parents and so forth did, you must be actually standing there while you were speaking and seeing your story cut through. Yeah, it's um, it does get quite emotional. I I still get really emotional talking about it uh, when I do the do the presentations with Rod and the other presenters. But mm. you know, um, you know, quite often there's there's a lot of tears and and you know people people. Uh, I guess especially parents who who have children themselves you know it's something that they can that they can um, you know I guess try and you know try and relate to in terms mm. of in terms of you know the consequences of some of these crashes that that have on people that are left behind so what what's what do you try to do w- with the seminar uh, what's the message you try to give is it a partnership between mum and dad and the kids or, or what what area do you push so I guess for me it's you know personal um, message that I try and get across is is just to is for people to just to stop and think. You know, we we see people take risks in the car every every day, and you know, people make a conscious decision to take these risks. But you know, what people don't appreciate is the consequences of those risks, and you know, whether it's serious fatalities or whether it's you know deaths, mm-hmm. um, you know, fatalities, and and you know. Uh, the people that are left behind to sort of deal with the fallout of that. You know, it's they said it happened in you know in 2010, but you know, there's not a single day um, that I don't, you know, I don't think about it. It's and different events on that day and the period afterwards. It's just, you know, it's something that consumes so much of your headspace each and every single day. It's, um, you know, unless you've unless you've been through something like that, um, you know, I don't think people people really appreciate, uh, you know, what it's like. Mm. Oh, look, as I said, it's really difficult to relate to, to what, what it must have been like and, and all, all power to you, mate, for, for standing out there in front of crowds like this and, and trying to, um, you know, push the message because you've been there and it, uh, you're obviously still still there in a, in a way. I can, tell, I can see it in your eyes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As I said, it, you know, it, it's, I do get still quite emotional talking, talking about it, um, mm. you know, whether it's something like this or, or the actual... Uh, presentations at the rep programs, but in a way, that's nothing. That's nothing to be ashamed of, though. I mean, because that actually shows just how important this message is, doesn't it? Oh, look, I agree. And uh, you know, for me, I think when you know when I don't get emotional 
uh, talking about it, it's, it's, it's probably the time that, that I'll, I'll stop doing it. Mm. But, um, Matthew Hanton from uh, the Motor Accident Commission, uh, you're dealing with this sort of thing all the time uh, about what's going on out there, going on out there on the roads. Um, the message that, um, you know, people like Kim bring in, is it, is it enough? I mean, w- what else can we be doing? Yeah, we have a suite of programs that we support. So obviously, you know, SAPOL do some, RAA and, and the MFS. And what we, we recognise as an organisation is kids learn differently and you need to treat each kid with that. So we can't just take a one-stick approach. We need to have a broad uh, arrangement where we can actually have different conversations. And the power of this program is the presentations that Kim and, and the other presenters do. It mm. is. It's the reality. And you do. You see the children, they, they're moved by it. So it's about making sure if every presentation we can do, we impact one child, then it's been worth it. But mm. again, it's about recognising that uh, you need to have a different approach because if you just tackle it with one, you're going to miss too many. And mm. it's about making sure that all kids, over the course of their schooling, so we start our programs in, in primary school. So we're talking to kids when they're in reception in year one right through to they complete at year 12. So it's about making sure that they, they go on a journey of this road safety and it starts with crossing the road. Then it goes on to you know how you actually interact with the road as a as a pedestrian on your own. Then into the driving life. So it's about making sure that you know every kid can get exposed to it so that they can set themselves up. And as we are seeing, there is some some good attitudinal change happening in that um, that young segment of of our community at the moment. One open question to all of you gentlemen, uh, whoever wants to take this on: What do I do if I'm a young bloke? I'm in a car. I'm absolutely terrified because the the goose behind the the, the wheel is doing the wrong thing. What do I do? Yeah, we do go through this and offer the students some tools to work with. So the two best answers that we've ever had are say that you're going to be sick or say you're going to spew up or say you need to take a leak, as an example, need to go to the toilet. What that does to the driver, so for whatever reason they might be showing off, they may be under the influence, whatever their reason is for driving in an unsafe manner and you're feeling uncomfortable, we want to give them the strength to speak up. So as an example, stop the car now, I'm going to spew up. You know, if they're driving in their parents' $50,000 five-star rated seven-airbag car or if they're in their own $2,000 pride and joy, Mm. chances are they don't want to be cleaning the spew up, as an example. Once you pull over to the side of the car, if they can grab the keys and make that whole situation safe, and same with take a leak, use the same, you know, example. And we have the students nominate that to us. Uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, when I started doing this program, if I asked them to nominate a way to get out of a sticky situation, we'd get no one put their hand up. Now, in Kim will attest, uh, as will Matt, if we ask that question, that answer comes back all the time. Say you need to say you'll spew up, say you need to go to the toilet, you know, because they're aware, they talk to each other, and we think the message is getting through. That'd make me stop. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I think it would. Um, good, good advice, though, because that, that is a real problem, isn't it? The peer pressure um, is a real issue, isn't it? The kids feel under pressure from all their mates. They do, and it's about like, give, empowering them to make sure. So whether you are the, pas- the passenger, whether you're the girlfriend of, so, you know, everyone has the right to speak up because at the end of the day, you you know, you're going to actually have to live with the consequences of, of the actions of that driver. So, you know, that's we're empowering. We want to empower these young people to make the smart, right choice um, 
to, to ensure they can enjoy the rest of their lives. Well, as I said, all congratulations to you, gentlemen. Uh, it, it is a wonderful uh, initiative. Uh, how do people get involved uh, if uh, they haven't been through it yet? So if the schools contact the MFS, uh, we can certainly provide the program to them. Uh, with businesses too, if they just make an approach to the MFS or jump on the MFS's website and go to RAP, uh, they'll find out the details of how they can contact us and we'll get back to them. And what about the parents? If, if uh, they, parents, can, can, can you do a special session for parents? We've, been, we've had several different sessions that we do, including doing parents ones the night prior to doing students. Uh, as you'd understand, Alan, it's hard to get bums on seats on school nights. Mm. So we find it works a lot better with businesses. So if businesses approach us and we're doing some major businesses, including SA Power Networks, who's coming on board as a sponsor as well, uh, Schneider Electrics, uh, there's quite a few businesses out there that we're doing at the moment. And, uh, yeah, they're really looking after their employees. So, yeah, if they make contact, we'll endeavour to get a program out to them. Fantastic. Well, listen, all power to you guys. Uh, thanks for coming in and uh, all the best. Hope it goes well in the future. Thanks to Rod Campbell from uh, the MFS, uh, coordinator of RAP, but also Kim Inglis sharing his story. He's a guest presenter and also Matthew Hanton from uh, from Mac. And uh, get in touch with the MFS if uh, you want to pursue this further. Stay with us. After the news, uh, we'll, uh, well, we'll see how we're going down on North Terrace with the transfer between the the two hospitals.